Hi, welcome to my podcast, Articulate. My name is Divya Sharma, and I have started this podcast to bring together students of art from all over the world to create a community by speaking to them about their backgrounds, their art practices, their inspirations, and experiences. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Catherine Leo. She is an artist who has finished her uh, BA in Fine Arts from London. Uh, she is an, uh, based in Italy at the moment, but she has taken her art in interesting directions, incorporating lots of um, aspects and philosophies of the East uh, into her art practice. Let's go ahead and speak with uh, Catherine. Hi, Catherine. Hello. Hi, Divya. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm fine too, thanks. Uh, thanks for agreeing to be my guest on this podcast. Thanks for inviting yeah. me. <laughs> so, um, you're, uh, where are you at the moment? Right now, I'm in Milan, in Italy. Uh huh. And it's my hometown. Yeah. Right my hometown, yeah. yeah. So, you've been um, back home since the beginning of the lockdown? Have you been there throughout? I mean, it's been quite bad with the coronavirus uh, in Italy, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, I've been locked in Milan since the past two, two months, mm. but I moved back to Italy um, a few months ago, so I've been here in Milan for the past um, five, six months now, mm -hmm. and locked in the house for the past two months. So yeah. has, it, has the lockdown been released now? Are you able to go out? And yeah, it's been released since Monday. The, the shops are still closed down, but people are starting to go back to the roads, to go to the park, and we are a bit more free to move around but we can't go out of the city we can't change region we can't go south or east we must stay in the city oh, for now okay yeah for a few more weeks yeah let's see okay so um yeah let's go ahead and uh, why don't you just um, let our listeners know a bit about yourself i we know you're from italy but a little more about what you did for, um, you know, before your BA and how you got into art and do you have any artists in your family? Was there any, what was it that really inspired you? Yeah. Yeah. So I was born in France, but I moved to Italy when I was really young. Both my parents are Italian, so mm -hmm. I don't really have like French blood, but I was born there. Then I grew up in Italy and moved to England when I was 16. I did my A-levels in London and I then I stayed in London I did my foundation here in um, LCC London College of Communication then I did my BA at Wimbledon College of Art and um, and then yeah during my BA I did a semester in Taiwan so I moved I was moving a bit between the east and the west during my journey in London mm -hmm. and um, yeah so in my family I I I grew up around like art because my my father is an art dealer. I see. So he sells antiques uh, from Art Deco. So I've been always like growing up around objects and paintings and creative things. Also, my my brother is a painter. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so obviously I a family. Sorry, it's, it's obviously a family or a creative family full of um, artists and art inspirations around you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that's what also brought me towards, yeah, studying art and be open to this this world, basically. Mm -hmm. So uh, what was it that made you um, 
travel to the UK to uh, do your foundation and not continue in um, Italy? I guess when I was, yeah, I was 16 and I already at that age wanted to really, I was looking for something, definitely. I wanted a change. I was kind of getting bored of the routine of Milan and I was looking for something different and it's a bit in my nature my character I'm always looking for um, I'm always looking to be in situation where I'm like new to that be around people from different backgrounds different culture so I decided to go abroad for a year at that time but then I felt very comfortable in London I knew that was the place where I wanted to be and I started working and I started to meet the right people and that I knew that was my city and I I stayed I lived in London for seven years yeah, yeah. nice uh, so um you did your BA in Wimbledon in uh, which stream was it um, uh, you know I know it was print isn't it yeah, it was fine art, printing and time-based media, but the course was very open, so we were not forced to work with a specific medium, mm-hmm. and that's what um, made me really enjoy my course, because we had a lot of freedom, we had a lot of freedom to express ourselves in whatever way, mm-hmm. and... Uh, because I struggle a lot when someone is telling me what to do and in what way and have to follow that. But I feel very, all my ideas comes where, when I feel free. Mm-hmm. And I feel that like Wimbledon, we had, we, the course was uh, putting us in a very independent position. Yeah. And in that way, I could really find my way in my art practice. So would you say that uh, you found your voice in um, in your BA course because... Um, is what you did in your final project in your degree show project is that something that you continue to do later on my final one was a very specific project my graduation project so basically I when I was in the east I I approached some uh, Buddhist um, meditation practices and uh, since a few years I'm really into these uh, these practices mm-hmm. and when I moved to um, back to London from the east I found a um, monastery close to Wimbledon College of Arts it's a Thai temple yeah. and um, I spent basically every day in that temple with the monks and that was part of my final project so um, sorry I lost your first question what was the question the, no the thing is um, what you your, your project that you did in um in the BA course, is that something that kind of is continuing in your practice at the moment? I know it is um, uh, related to mysticism and uh, your influences from Taiwan and the fact that um, there is some Buddhist ideology. Um, So is that what kind of um, gave you the idea of doing what you're doing at the moment from that experience in your BA yeah, definitely. Like, I feel my BA gave me the opportunity to explore that world in a bigger scale because we had amazing facilities where we could really um, work. We had amazing technicians that were supporting me because I work mainly with installation. And during my time in London, I was working with immersive and interactive installation. So I worked also with 
technology, EG, EEG, headsets, brainwaves, readings, and so on. And so at that time, if I wasn't at university, I think I wouldn't have the opportunity to be working with such um, tools. Yeah. So um, it really gave me the direction and I was open to that kind of practice and nowadays of course um i i don't have i don't have access to those things anymore but those projects are part of me i'm still developing uh, right now i did an application for an art residency with another artist in london and we are working and trying to de develop those projects mm -hmm. so they are definitely going forward um, obviously the in a different way, mm -hmm. because now, I mean, in, at university, you are within the those facilities, but then when you go out, it's a completely different approach. Yeah. You need to find foundings, you need to find people who try, believe in your, you know, projects, you need to find people who sponsors you, and it's a completely different Absolutely. Um, reality, yeah. So, um, tell us about your experience in Taiwan. Was that the first time you went towards the East? Um, no, no, it wasn't, wasn't the first time. I, I've been to, to Sri Lanka two or three years before I moved to Taiwan and also India. For, so, but it was the first time in that side of Asia mm, because yeah. it was very different. And I had an amazing experience How there. How long with, was it? Six months? Uh, yeah, five months. Right. And I was, we did a final um, exhibition in a very nice location inside the park. There, wa there was this horticultural hall. So we did this show inside, uh, basically, we were surrounded by plants and so on. And we all worked, I, it was a team, it was a group exhibition. Most of the, the people were Taiwanese. And that was also interesting to see how local people were approaching art. Mm -hmm. They are quite conservative compared to London. I think London, and it's one of the most open yeah. uh, cities worldwide towards art and the expression of it. Yeah. And so in Taiwan is still um, a bit more conservative, but it was really, really interesting to see how that culture is approaching um, our practice, basically. But it was really, really natural and sp spontaneous because I feel very connected to the to that land mm -hmm. it's so it was very easy to work with and um, my course was a bit hard because all the subjects were in Chinese and yeah, I was wondering <laughs> did you one. pick up the language yeah. and stuff uh, well I tried a lot of people speak English but some coffee were in Chinese so the, the teacher was giving me some translation here and there but well yeah I, I manage mm -hmm. I work a lot with body language <laughs> Great, great. So, um, uh, tell me about your travels after. I know that you've um, you're a voracious traveler. I know yeah. you, you you travel like crazy. So, tell me about what inspires you to what makes you so fearless. First of all, and what is it that um, gives you when you uh, go to different places and you uh, integrate into those um, cultures which are which are so different from your own. Um, I guess, I mean, about being fearless, it's something it's, I'm this way since I was very little, mm -hmm. even when I was young, I wanted to do everything myself and, um, and this, I don't know, I, I, I like to, um, expose myself. I like to be out of the comfort zone. I like to, uh, 
be alone as well because all my travels I travel as a solo traveler um, I met so many people around I met amazing people but also the fact of being alone and and that thing also attracts so many situations around me which so many people were really uh, welcoming me, my, me in beautiful ways and I never really had any, any issue in any country even those countries that they look a bit more dangerous, such as India or, or but yeah. Um. So I'm sure you're a kind of a, a very keen judge of character. You're able to kind of uh, be smart about situations. It's, um, you must have learned the, you know, how to keep yourself quite um, uh, out of problems and trouble and stuff yeah i mean i i always try to be safe mm. i mean i'm aware that i'm alone I'm, I'm aware that i'm a woman i'm aware that it's night that is day i'm aware that there might be some danger there so i always try to look after myself i not into alcohol so i don't like risk of being drunk and do some you know mm-hmm. dangerous things so i i try i like to have a healthy uh, lifestyle as well so I try not to be very late out at night. So I try to, yeah, look after myself and, and be responsible. Yeah, because nobody else is looking after me. So I have yeah. to to do that for myself. Yeah. So I know that you've uh, traveled ex- extensively in India. So I think more than two times. Once um, uh, for just traveling and the other time for your course, isn't it, in Pondicherry? Yeah, so I've been three or four times actually in mm-hmm. India. The last time, uh, it's when I stayed the longest and that was for a year mm-hmm. in 2018 until 2019. And I went to Auroville, which is a community in South India in Tamil Nadu. And there I worked for Auroville Art Service, Art Service which is basically um, the unit which look after all the cultural events in in the community and has all the contracts with the artists and uh, we did a lot of um, I did a lot of projects related to photography um, filming and I was looking after social media looking for co- art content for the unit and so on mm-hmm. and then I also worked for a school I designed an, I designed a floor so I worked with clay there and then I, I did some wall designs as well and it's a very inspiring place it's a very inspiring why don't you tell us a bit more about Auroville for the for the listeners in case they don't know oh Auroville is a mysterious place it's very like people um what they say about Auroville I think isn't really what it is Is until you really go there and experience that yeah because every everybody sees Auroville as an fantastic utopian um, experimental city which is but then when you go there you can really understand what Auroville is like when you go there for the first time it seems like to be very mysterious and hidden but then when you start to get to know the people who live there since many years you start to get into the lifestyle and it's a magical place it's very open to meditation yoga art art it's one of the main things in Mm. Arabil and um, health Mm. so 
and, and it is very French, isn't it? It, that it has a because it was started uh, by a French, French mystic. Yeah. yeah, it's it's uh, it starts with um, the mother. Mm. Is uh, she's French and she was was following the teachings of uh, Sri Aurobindo. Yeah. So um, it's or- oriented towards. I mean, it's built around them, but you don't need to be a devotee of them. Like mm. there's so many different people with different backgrounds and uh, uh, nobody's forcing you to follow any any philosophy philosophy and so, so it's on. not like a cult or something no like. at all you go there there's not a church there's not a temple there's just this massive which is is a temple but it's not like a religious temple it's a massive um, golden sphere where you can go inside it's very silent you can meditate but it's not a cult no yeah. at all yeah so didn't you do art therapy there as a course or was it just something that you went to experience the life in Oroville? I what brought me there at the beginning was uh, art therapy because I found a um, unit that was working with art therapy but then I didn't manage to work with them so mm-hmm. I did other things but yeah I was working in a school I did a few projects art related with the kids but it was more art than art therapy there. Mm-hmm. So I did some photo projects. I, I helped an artist with a massive 200 meters installation. So I was assisting. and But I didn't work on art therapy as much there, no. So what would you say your practice is all about? Um, uh, I know that you're... Like you could talk about your current projects with the man, not with the with the dots. I know I shouldn't call them mandalas, but they are yeah. <laughs> meditation so put, dots. Yeah. yeah. So, so I work a lot with yeah. I work I work a lot with circle dots, Bindu, if you want to call them that way. Mm-hmm. Creating sort of geometrical paintings and installation. I don't want to call them mandala because I don't really get inspired by mandala. Some of them, they might look like those. I respect mandala, but that's not my my intention. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, this series of, of work, it's um, a representation of my journey towards self-realization. Mm-hmm. So there's a search of the essence of being in those works. Right. And um, dots allow me to enter into a really deep meditative state Right. And to really put myself in a different dimension and mind state. So with the repetition of that um, geometrical um, element, it really allows me to concentrate. For me, circle is where everything emerges and everything dissolves. So there's no, like, there's no beginning and there's no end. It's like an um, infinite... Right. Um, uh, and it's... I don't know how to explain. Sometimes it's like it goes beyond words because it's it's a very deep, deep experience. So would you say your art practice is um, uh, all about uh, discovering yourself, your inner, um, uh, your uh, doing the f- philosophy towards your inner self? I mean, to find out uh, how far you can push your meditative practice. Is it more about... Um, the process of making the art or is it about the objects that you actually make out of them? It's both. It's the process and it's the outcome. But it's not all um, 
towards myself because for example with the immersive installation I'm trying to create spaces where people can actually access to a different sort of experience through the work so it's not all I mean the work with the dots that's a personal journey Mm -hmm. but then when I work with um, immersive spaces it's giving the opportunity to others to interact and uh, trying to yeah allow people to enter in different spaces themselves. Mm-hmm. Like it's basically giving, trying to give to people the, um, a space where they can bring their attention inwards yeah. and have a deep experience. Yeah. So are you influenced by any kind of uh, thinking, uh, whether it's Eastern or Western, that you follow? What is it? There should be some guide or some kind of frame, framework. Like that you everything, like all this um, work I start in London uh, on my art practice, which is related to silence and breath, is when I start this, um, I did a series of um, silent um, retreat, mm-hmm. which are um, following a Buddhist teaching. They come from, it's basically the teaching of Buddha himself. So what does that mean, a silent retreat, if you explain it? It means that you go to these centers and Mm. you stay silent for 10 days. So you meditate um, 10 hours a day, basically, yeah, and you stay silent. And You don't talk to anybody. You don't talk to anybody, exactly. And since I started that journey, and that was 2015 when I was in Sri Lanka, since then I really felt that was becoming my my reality so I needed to incorporate those experiences in my art practice and since then I start to work on breath work on silence in my work and then I start this journey with dots that really allowed me to channel that energy into something so that became basically my the, the element of my work, yeah. But Catherine, that is so topical to what's happening at the moment when everybody is like sick of being in their own company and everybody is like looking outwards through um, their digital um, devices because of, through Zoom, through social media. And um, how, how can you uh, kind of uh, use this... Um, this kind of uh, ideas and philosophies and experiences that you have already um, got in your head, how do you think that you could help people with their um, in their real lives uh, rather than... It could be a really a functional tool for people to feel better about themselves, isn't it? I mean... Yeah, yeah definitely. I don't think uh, going on a silent retreat is a good idea for all because we're all different and I think I mean yeah that's a really extreme way but there could be elements of it that people could uh, learn about liking their own company and learning to be still uh, and um, being comfortable in their own you know loneliness or whatever or in their thoughts yeah I think this specific time like nowadays it's um, this situation is forcing ourselves to be in that space. Yeah. And nobody, nobody was ready for it, so mm-hmm. it's hard to handle. But this is where we are now, and this is the only option, so we need to jump 
inside ourselves and really sometimes we need to really uh, face shadows and darkness in order to to really go deep into our essence but it's not an easy journey what i suggest sometimes um i also for myself struggle with it you know yeah. it's not everything is flowers and light you know sometimes it's tough but uh, what do you mean by when you say you struggle how um like when you go for these retreats and you don't have a way out do you have a choice of uh, of quitting if some suddenly you kind of realize i can't do this anymore i can't i just have to quit I mean, you can nobody's like for you're not in a prison i mean it seems like it sounds like a prison but you are free to leave if you want but if you go there it's because you feel ready to go to 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 have that experience so the best is to try to try to stay until the end and i don't like for me um when i silence it's a way to go back inside my body because through silence i trying to find that my center again so it goes back to the circle the circle the sphere is again uh, the, my center not mine it's it's the center no so for me using this um dots in my practice it's a way to focus again to the point it's the repetition is like you have that vision and you work uh, towards that vision all the time Um, so does it make you mentally stronger you think all this what is the end end need what is the what do you get out of it i know that you're comfortable with yourself you learn to be still in your head but finally what what comes out of it what is the productivity it, factor it's not, it's not always uh, positive like i did an exhibition in january where i had to i worked on an immersive installation with dots and after 5 days working 15 hours a day painting the same dots uh, i went crazy <laughs> literally had to leave that place i came back to milan it was it's 2 3 hours from milan to right. hours so i had to leave and take a break for 2 days because i was completely into a different space so i need to always integrate um those experiences to to reality because sometimes when you work on like when i work on those things i end up forgetting about eating drinking you go into a zone space yeah and but you i have to integrate always because um i can't lose control with reality and and so on mm. so it's i mean i need to balance i mean it's not that i lose control with the reality but when you work on something so deeply and so on i think i guess this happened with every artist a, a painter is in front of his painting and even if it's a dot or it, if it's a no but it's different with a dot because concept. it's the same thing you're painting over you're you're repeating the same thing <laughs> over and over with a painting which which is a landscape or a portrait or something it's it's different marks yeah, yes, different you have different colors oh my I god know. it's yeah. really um no. uh ha- hallucin hallucinogenic you know it's like having yeah. a, a drug yeah, or yeah, something no. <laughs> so and yeah so it's too hard. sometimes i need some breaks definitely mm. definitely and with the dots do you have like tools to make the circles or do you make them yourself they look really perfect no no i don't do them myself okay. i just 
Yeah, no, I'm not there yet. One day, eventually, I will be <laughs> doing perfect dots. But so, I work with different materials because sometimes I'm um, 2D, but sometimes I, I use, I use uh, three-dimensional spheres and I use different materials like paper, cork. I've been working with um, hemp bioplastic using 3D printers. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, when I was in India, I was using sustainable um, um materials from the earth so i'm working with different things and my research on materials is still going on mm-hmm. i know that i still need to explore more i still need to um go more deeper and deeper into the use of materials in my work so you are so young you are literally what 23 for somebody so young what was the um uh push that made you go towards something which is so deep and something which comes much later on in life for people after they've experienced like a um, lifetime of ups and downs but in, in a way you're lucky that you were inspired to do this journey so so early in life what is it I that uh, my, my parents my parents because uh, they're open, very open minded and they always allowed me to you know there's some parents that are not letting their children to go away from home or yeah. my parents has always been supporting me and uh, allowing me to find my way myself and so i think it's coming from there my mom it's very open minded and she's also i think i got inspired a lot by their way of being and uh, and that that helped a lot my yeah this journey yeah so very great actually yeah absolutely that's such a uh, refreshing um, thing to hear about uh, you thanking your parents mm-hmm. so uh, tell tell us about your experiences in india because i'm from india so i'm quite keen about your as a person <laughs> from <laughs> the outside who spent such a long time and who's been to so many places much more than a normal indian would <laughs> i know india indians don't really travel so much around india no, they yeah they want to go abroad Yeah. I know. So the first time I went in 2016 and during my BA I in my class there was a friend she's Indian. So the first time I went to Delhi and she was there so we spent 5 days together and with her I we did a little trips around and that was my first contact. But after 5 days I went on my journey by myself and uh, and i discovered what india is and uh, india basically show me that we aren't just a physical body but there's much more beyond mind and body and mind and it really teach me to look at life with colors <laughs> i guess so it really opened my heart i never really felt so home as in india and when you open yourself so many things around you happen and india really put everything on the plate and really yeah yeah Sorry. so you started in delhi and then what was your journey like within um, in, for how long was it and where all did you go i went to delhi then i did the rajasthan pushkar jaipur that was wait, wait hold my... on hold on pushkar you did pushkar which is like yeah. millions and millions of people gathered together Uh, yeah. for what 3 days 
Um, I just passed by. I, I stayed there one day because what, I was with my Indian friend for five days. So we moved quite quickly those mm-hmm. days. Mm-hmm. I stayed one day in Pushkar. We went to the desert and um, then we did Jaipur. And we did a little round there. Mm-hmm. And then we went back to Delhi and then I went to Varanasi. Varanasi is where I left my heart. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Tell us, tell us about it. It's just a How long was the, your uh, stay in Varanasi? I stayed one week, then I left, went to Bodh Gaya, and then went back to Varanasi. Like, I, usually I like to stay in place. I don't like to move so much trying to see million things. I prefer to go to a place and experience that place. You're just but dropping I, names which are amazing. Bodh Gaya is like in Bihar, in the middle of nowhere. And that's, of course, where Buddha got his enlightenment. Yeah, his and that's Hanukkah. where I did my courses, where I was talking about also. So that's all my inspiration is coming from that land. So, so what did you do in Bodh Gaya again? Which course was this? I was I did a meditation. Course. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. And then went back to Varanasi and I stayed in Varanasi a bit longer and um, but I only had a month. So mo- a month goes quickly. <laughs> so in Varanasi where, what where were you li- staying and everything? Was it like a um, hostel? A guest house. A guest yeah. house. Did um, you meet like these uh, you have um, you've heard about all these monks with ash and uh, you know, matted hair and everything, just, you know. Yeah, yeah, people there all on the gut waiting for foreigners to approach. <laughs> oh, is it? Actually, I look at them, but I, yeah, I feel the most interesting people in India, in Varanasi, are, you need to find them. They're not very exposed. You oh, know? I see. Yeah, the more, more mysterious. And then when you, when you're alone, uh, is when you really have the chance to um, get yourself in the into the I guess best situation because when we are we you are with friends then you tend to stay with your friends you know you miss so many things around yeah. but when you're alone you like attract so many things and uh, Varanasi is an incredible city. have you read that book uh, autobiography of a yogi yeah Oh yeah. my God, that's like, of course, that was written like decades ago, but it's all about his experiences with monks. Yeah. Yeah. So did you meet any uh, particular like mystics or enlightened souls that you felt, wow, that's like a miraculous thing? Was Were there, were there any an- anecdotes that you can talk about? I, I did. Um, and they're not well known. I mean, I, I, f- I feel that the m- most enlightened people are those who are again like sort of hidden that you don't see i met some really wonderful people i learned a lot from them and they're really some of them i'm still in contact others are just you know they came and i learned in that at that time and then i moved on and but other people there's not many like i'm talking like there's thousand but no it's there's a few a few which are really meaningful to to me so, like, yeah. they say that some of those those people are, like, hundreds of years old. <laughs> More than hundreds. More than hundreds. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, okay. So, that was in Varanasi. And then, um, and then you went down south, didn't you? Then the second time I came back and I stayed again in Varanasi for two weeks, 20 days. And then went up in the uh, Krasturishikesh, in the, in the mountains. 
And then that was my second time. Again, it was only a month, so I just wanted to stay in certain places and not moving around too much. The last time when I stayed for a year, I went to different places. You're very I modest. Go- I mean, I guess people know that India is a difficult place, but you talk about all these places. How do you travel from Varanasi to Rishikesh in... Do you go by, by train. bus? Huh? By train. By, by train. train. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. And, and then I went to Himachal Pradesh in the mountains. I met people who never saw foreigners in their life. And that was one of the most emotional time of my life, I guess. I was hiking for like hours, maybe nine hours hike on top of the mountain from a very remote village in the middle of Himachal Pradesh. And then I arrived on top and there was these people living there and they never saw a foreigner in their life. So they were like, crying when they saw me i was with some they thought people there was a girl. god who was descended on them or something <laughs> oh my god <laughs> you should write a book you should write a travel log i'm about a very i'm a very bad writer like i really actually this time is the first time i have an opportunity to speak loud about these experiences because i usually i use a lot of photography and of course um visual arts but i'm a very bad writer it's not that i'm a bad writer but i don't use writing as a medium mm-hmm. i should i should but um, i prefer <clears throat> to yeah use different languages because nowadays with the uh, indus you know with 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 kind of post modernity and all our uh, forests and uh, uh, remote areas being you know industrialized and urbanized these experiences are quite rare that you go to a place and somebody has not ever met a foreigner before i mean that is a completely like special experience anybody has ever gone through i think yeah 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 and uh, yeah, it was very special and trekking for 10 hours on mountains in rishikesh Oh my no, god. No, that girl. was Himachal Pradesh. Himachal Pradesh. Himachal Pradesh. So do you yeah. have like a GPS tracker or something? How do you know? Do you have no, maps? No, I was I was um with some people from Kerala. Mm-hmm. So those people are living there in Himachal during that season and they knew they feel they that there was some other local there and they could speak. So phone was not working. We we just followed them and we had some uh, animals And um, which season was this which month? It was um July. Mm. And July is when it's July. It was monsoon season. Exactly and that's when you have like um what is called mud um <laughs> <laughs> you have all these uh, what do you call them uh, avalanches and uh, all kind of dangerous things happening yeah, in the mountains, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> yeah. But it was we were safe it was totally fine I mean they do that they do it every day they knew they would live really well and yeah I mean great great and um tell us about your uh, you know you said you were in the what's his name uh, the maharshi's uh, ramayana maharshi's ashram in the south yeah. tell us about yeah, that That's another really special place mm-hmm. um where in Tiruvannamalai mm-hmm. it's two hours from Pondicherry where I used to stay and um, and then there's this ashram where they give you a place where to sleep for free and it's actually one of the few ashram where you can stay for free 
usually they charge you a little amount, but they charge you. There so do you have to work? Like, is it like a barter system where no, you do work for the? No, no karma yoga. They just give you a place, and you are free to follow your routine or ashram routine. But there's no like cleaning and stuff. No, right. It's a quite modern way because usually ashram you go, you need to. Clean I know. Yeah. Early to evening. No, there the no. You just follow the the puja and all the ceremonies, and then you get also free food, and um, you can stay for a short amount, not very long, unless they know you and you go there regularly. So they give you for a place for longer periods. Um, and it's a magical land there as well. You go on top of Anurachala mountain and uh, there's a full moon of Diwali festival. I think it was during Diwali, yeah, where they light the fire on top of the mountains. So there's a pilgrimage, the people hike up and the other people, they walk all around the mountain, 16, 14 or 16 kilometers, um, barefoot. Okay. Wow. Yeah, there's some really amazing experience there. Yeah, it's special. Did I ever live in India or what? I have no idea about these things. <laughs> but because you were living um, in the city, no? Yeah, I was in Chennai. Yeah. So we had... Um, At Chennai. Yes, yes. I've been in Chennai. I donated my hair. You did? Okay. Yeah, the, the busy city. Yeah. Which temple did you donate it to? No, it was a cancer hospital. Oh, I see, I see. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, in, you then d- donate hair in temples. In the ashram. Yeah, in ashram. Uh, sorry, in the temple, yeah. yeah. No, I cut my hair when I was in Italy. As soon as I graduated from London, mm-hmm. I left London and then I shaved. But then I brought my hair there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. That, should have, that could have been like a, 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 an art project of you um, getting your hair shaved and donating it anyway yeah i mean i built up a story because i didn't shave myself different people i went out in the village in south italy and different people cut my hair on the road so i had some videos but i didn't really be i didn't do a proper project from beginning to end why did you get several people to cut your hair was there because i wanted it to don't be like Oh, I just go to hairdresser and cut my hair, but I wanted other people to be part. It was a sort of performance. Yeah, so exactly. I divided my hair in different parts and different people cut it. And then I was keeping my hair, obviously. I was not like throwing them. But uh, some friends. And so it was, it took seven hours to cut my hair. <laughs> so did you record it then? I have videos, but just with the phone, it was not like a proper project. Right. And then I have videos and photos when I brought them to India, in Chennai, and other pieces. I put them in Ganga. I did different things. <laughs> yeah. You have to collate all these experiences and do something about it. <laughs> anyway, that's yeah. a different thing. So um, tell me about uh, Amma. You had said that you follow this particular guru who is uh, a very popular mystic lady who's based in the south in Kerala isn't it yeah she has a ashram in Kerala Amrita Puri and um, yeah I I went there for nine days Mm -hmm. and then I met her in London as well because she comes every year to so how were you introduced to her how did you come to know of her um so someone I met in India the first time but then I knew she was coming to London so I went to do some volunteer work when I was there um, in 2016 in London. And um, 
it was a wonderful experience. We spent three days working there, and um, you'll have to tell our listeners about Amma how she insists on embracing everybody who comes to see her. Yes, yeah, so she she's giving hugs to everybody, and she hugs people for twenty five hours nonstop, and that's super. It's a very incredible experience. I guess there's not really words to describe, and everybody has their own experience, obviously. But she's a divine mother, mm-hmm. and uh, and she's she's unique and. Beyond and she world. doesn't speak uh, um, uh, English or any of the language apart from her own, isn't it? Um, yeah, she has translators uh, all the time. So also when she gives satsang or um, like speeches, she always has. Uh, she always speaks um, in her language, and then have people to translate for her. And. Um, yeah, I never saw her speaking in English. No. So, do you do you follow a certain religion? Are you religious yourself, or uh... no? No, I'm really curious to see things, but I like I grew up as a Christian because of my country, but I don't really follow. I stopped following that since I was old enough to stop. Still, I was a child, and uh, and. Even Buddhism is not a religion. Um, I I take some principles from different backgrounds and, and religion and try to apply those in my life. But I don't really follow a specific. I'm I'm not religious. No. But um, from what I can see from your uh, tendencies and experiences and inclinations, that you 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 have kind of. Um, and higher kind of uh, sensitivity to uh, um, mystical, spiritual, I don't know how to say it, what is the right word, but I know extrasensory perception. Yeah. So you have that liking or you have that interest in uh, in searching for things which are less obvious than that you don't see and you want to explore further. The unseen world. The unseen world. So... Do you think that is something that people are usually get from religion? Is that why people follow religion? And um, and do you think you can find it by not following any religion? Is it something that is done through practice? I think that exists in every religion. We just blind and following religion in a mechanical way and missing what's the sacred part of it. Yeah. And that's... I think our issue nowadays, or even in the past, it's always been this way, not in the very beginning, but I feel we are misusing religion more as a way to, uh, we feel protected by following a certain uh, religion or philosophy and so on. But um, when you follow something in blind, then you really miss uh, the essence of it. Yeah. So that's why I don't feel like I'm... Oh, I'm I, of course, I'm really interested in Hinduism or even Buddhism. All the religion, they, they have some uh, really interesting points. So I, I do research. I, I, I can see yeah, that you are like trying to kind of keep digging into um, different practices 
in order to find out more about yourself or like yeah, you said yeah. the unseen world yeah yeah that is that's interesting that you're constantly like um uh mining or you're kind of constantly uh what is the word i forget the word but anyway but you are constantly on the lookout for more um insight into mm-hmm. what you want do you know what you want it's like um do you have any idea of what you're looking for is it or is it just something that you uh, follow from your gut it's an intuitive kind of journey it's just it's very natural yeah i, I don't feel like i'm looking for something it's just part of me and that's just embracing what it is the more you look the less you find i so guess so where does art come in all this is there a place for art to kind of be a link between what you are trying to say and um uh is there a is there something that you can do with art with what you are trying to find yeah they they're very connected mm-hmm. i mean art is the is the language i can express yeah. these experiences and because i you know i don't believe in words very much Uh, now i'm talking a lot but forget about everything <laughs> and experience it for me experience it's the mm. the juice of life right and words they come after and yeah what about like letting so others art, know about what you are experiencing and le- let them learn from or get inspired by you so unless you let people know mm-hmm. you will um i guess is that something that would interest you to uh talk about not talk about but let others learn from your experiences to by sharing uh through art or through any um like how you're having this conversation with me right now if people listen to it and so about art i i guess uh, it's important for me to um find your own way Uh, for forgetting about um, of course we always get inspired by by other artists and movements but it's important i believe in art to find your own expression without yeah. trying to um, copy anybody i mean we keep copying or we keep getting inspired by others but it's very important to 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 find your own um your own signature in mm. ways no yeah. so i guess in art your individuality your 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 way your way of being and then you can express that in art but if you don't find that then you you might end by end up producing things that are not really a reflection of who you are and so on so i guess art it's really the tool for us to to see ourselves and to yeah express ourselves yeah so that way i think you are quite fortunate to find something so deep already that you can and art is just like a tool for you to talk about your um philosophies and your yeah. beliefs and your finally your um, experiences trying to find yourself isn't it mm-hmm. yes yes mm-hmm. amazing so uh what is the next uh project that you're working on at the moment will you t- tell us about your next um activity how are you managing with the lockdown and um, how did it spoil your plans <laughs> considering you've traveled so much before and you're stuck at home now 
So we didn't really talk too much about our therapy in the past. I mean, in this conversation, yeah. but um, I didn't mention right now. I'm in Milan doing um, uh, MA in uh, therapeutical arts, right. which is slightly bit different from art therapy, because mm-hmm. um, I'm doing it in an art academy in Brera Academy in Milan, and so our way of using art in a therapeutical way is. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty different from traditional art therapy, which is coming from a scientific background. We are artists and we don't have any um, medical background. So we um, are training ourselves to become artists who use art in a therapeutic way. Right. But we are not psychologists, we are not doctors, so we always have to um, work along, um, together with um, doctors or psychologists and other people mm-hmm. in more uh, coming from a medical background, right. and um, so these days um, I'm doing a lot of online classes, and it's been really difficult because our course is very practical, mm-hmm. and it's very much about experiencing the um, materials, and uh, so it's a bit different now. It's a bit. Um, cold um how i don't know how to say but yeah mm. um, so in these two months i'm doing a lot of online classes um and um, my studio is 10 minutes away from where i live but we couldn't go out at all yeah. so i had to sort of take a break from my practice but not really because i still in the house i'm doing things but for me it's a way to slow down because i've been moving so much so for me, this lockdown, it's been a way to become more still, to be in the present, because I'm always projected into future, vision about the future, and nowadays future is so unknown. So I have no other ways so to be present and to really um, nourish my house, my place. And it gave me a lot of inspiration also for my, my work, my art, art practice and uh, Sometimes it's also good to slow down a bit also with uh, your work, to yeah. look at different angles, yes. to see where you're at. Because sometimes you're so in the movements of doing things and this time is also allowing me to, to look at it and to give a deeper meaning to it as well. Wow, yeah. if you can get any deeper than what you already do. <laughs> <laughs> So thanks so much, uh, Catherine, for your conversation. And Thank your, you. Uh, I can make out that, you know, all the stillness and uh, looking in, inwards and not talking about your experiences. It's been amazing to um, hear about all that. Thank you. And, Thank, um, you. Thank I, you for giving me the opportunity to yeah, speak out sometimes. Yeah, because we should be in touch. And... Um, uh, I'll let your Instagram handle go on the, you know, um, along with this uh, podcast. But is there any other um, way that people can get in touch with you, or do you have a web page or? Yeah, I have my Instagram. Um, that you have it. So I guess you yeah. are going to share the contact. Yeah. And then I have my website, which is www.catherineleo.com. Right. Oh, it's my name, surname.com, and that's where I have my work. And We yeah, haven't even spoken about your yoga, which is totally different. I, Another that's part of, it's a big part of my life as well, yeah. But I guess we need more than more one. Time. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I don't know if you, yeah, we will speak another time. But Absolutely. that's, a, yeah, that's a part of it also. 
Thanks, sure. Catherine. Thank you so much. Bye.